clocking, fopping, and fopping. You may be wondering what the heck I'm talking about, but pretty soon you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Those are just my acronyms. As far as I know, maybe someone else thought of them as well, but that's what I... I have three different buckets that I put people in. Uh, well, let me take that back. Let's say four, because they either fall into the fear of carbs, which is fucking, fear of protein, which is fopping, and then fear of fat, which is fopping. And then the other bucket is just normal. Macronutrients are needed, and we all need to know that. So again, this uh, podcast is always about understanding the core values of the human body and the human soul and just my fascination with physiology and just human desire and human need has really solidified my belief in macronutrients and it does say in science that your body needs all three. Now how you get all three, the timing of all three and the nutrient density and where they come from, that's going to be different for everybody. But everyone needs all three of those fat, carbs, and protein to survive. So the problem that I see and a lot of people ask me, you know, if I want to look skinnier, if I want to look leaner, if I want to look fitter, I shouldn't eat carbs, right? Or I need to become a vegetarian or vegan or paleo or uh whatever other diets are out there. I'm not really sure anymore. I can't keep up. There's so many all the time. So then I see all these people asking because all these other people are doing things and they're seeing results, but what they don't see is the after effect. But initially they post all these results online or they flaunt it around, which is totally fine, right? Like we should be proud of our bodies, but we need to be careful about like how we're interpreting those when we're seeing those because I see people oftentimes walk a fine line of not consuming enough fuel and fueling is all about timing and fueling is all about density of nutrients and so if you're not getting enough then your body's not going to perform and it could potentially eat your own muscles for fuel if you don't give it enough which could cause issues of weight gain or not changing your body to be toned um the other thing that i see is people working their butts off and they don't lose any weight and their bodies might change a little bit, but they're so frustrated because a number on the scale isn't showing anything, which, you know, I'm hoping that as society, I, I see it coming, it's shifting some more, but I, I am still seeing a lot of uh, people fear the scale and put all their self-worth in the scale. And what you might be seeing, because I'm seeing it and maybe not, but I would open your eyes a little bit more to see that society is shifting more towards like in body scans and looking what's happening within your body rather than the scale because the scale does reflect somewhat of a, an accurate projection of your body, but it's not always accurate, especially for athletes and especially for people working out in the gym and, and even more so in resistance training because we're going to gain muscle mass, which will make us gain weight because muscle weighs more than fat. So it's just really important that you pay attention to that. But yeah, so like I see people getting frustrated about that. Um, I also see people continuing to force and push and harbor grudges against their bodies when it could potentially be a hormonal issue. And a lot of people don't stop to think about, could this be a hormone issue rather than an eating and a working out issue? And 
it's so easy to make a schedule to go to the gym, but I don't see a lot of people making the effort or putting out the money to go see an endocrinologist or even a nutritionist if they're or a dietitian if they're struggling. So that's where I get frustrated. I mean, I see people pouring hundreds of dollars a month in these gyms and then not even bothering or being aware that their body might need attention from a different source and that they might need to sacrifice a couple hundred dollars from the gym to pay towards someone figuring out an issue at a larger level that the gym won't be able to fix. The other problem I see is people not resting. I mean, I hear all the time, like, I'm going to miss my calorie burn or I won't get my 12 splat points. And, you know, that's those are all good things to aim for. But every single day, pushing yourself at a high intensity is just not good for your body. Again, our body works in catabolic phases and anabolic phases. And anabolic is, you know, building up your body catabolic is breaking down your body and when you're working that intense and you're forcing your body you are going to break down and whether you see it or not inside you are breaking down and you're not going to like the results later and especially when you get injured because you didn't take a break so anyway those are the issues that I see a lot of the time around fuel is that people punishing themselves not consuming enough or even not even knowing and that's that's hopefully why people are listening to this podcast is just to hear a different perspective and maybe gather some more information and this isn't my opinion I'm basically going to be stating physiological facts I will slide in my opinion here and there but again I'm always open to feedback and I always know that I'm not my opinions are not 100% right but um I try to stay as true to the scientific facts as possible, as well as just experience and taking one of my core values, which is experimentation and trying something. And if my body doesn't respond or if I'm miserable, I am not going to do it, whether anybody else is doing it or not. So let's talk a little bit about just science in general and what's going on with your body. So like I said, we, during workouts, we have what's called a, your body goes through an energy phase where it needs to release a sufficient amount of energy for muscles to contract and carbohydrates are a big role in that. Um, they, they help delay fatigue and they extend the ability to keep going and they also spare muscles from being used as fuel. Fat is the next readily used source and protein will, will be last because it's not necessarily a sufficient sufficient amount of uh, fuel for your body. It can be used, but it's not going to give you the the maximum output that you're looking for. So after we work out, especially a good hard one, um, we go through what's called an anabolic phase, which is where your body has broken down and there's some damaged muscle in there. And you have 45 minutes post-workout for your body to repair that damaged muscle because it's really sensitive to the sensitive to to the effects of insulin and it wants to replenish the protein and glycogen stores it's also very sensitive uh, with its immune system and that's where vitamin c and e come into play because they help speed muscle recovery as well as protect your immune system so after workouts you always want the vitamin C and E and protein so that can help your muscle growth and lean you out and then carbohydrates to replenish those glycogen stores again. So again, you know, 
macronutrients, man, they're everywhere and they're, they're needed all the time. And that's why it, it really irks me when people are posting about like eating something carbs and then they make a joke like, Oh, I have to burn this off tomorrow. It's just like, is this giving carbohydrates such a bad rap? And then again, making an impact, like again, listening to my podcast just last, last episode, I was talking about how such a large percentage of teenagers are on there. And so if you're an adult or, you know, a, a personal trainer or an influencer and you're posting those things, like you're already sending a bad message about a macronutrient to these kids. And we can't have any more fockers, foppers, or foffers, man. Like we need these kids to be strong because they're going to be the ones leading us soon. So if they don't have enough fuel in them, they're not going to do the best job. And they're also, I don't want not confident people. The less confident you are, the be- the poorer choices that you make or you don't make decisions because of the fear. So we need to develop confident kids out there, guys. So just be careful about the things that you say. And again, like if there is like a point where, you know, you could potentially eat too much carbs because it, your body might store them as fat because the body can only consume so much. But again, that's, that's not up to a book to tell you what that is. It's not up to someone on a, a fitness influencer to tell you what that is. That's really up to you to figure out like what that looks like for you. And if your body, if you're getting bigger and, and, and that's in the, uh, the reality phase rather than just in your head, then, you know, maybe you adjust your carb scale, but if your body is fine and it's stabilizing, like why mess with what's working? And you might need to add more carbs if you're feeling tired or if you can't hit that next speed or if you can't hit that next rep, you might need more. So again, that's just all up to you to experiment with that. And then listen to people and ask people for some input and just take your own experiment and mesh it with theirs and see if it works. So the other thing I want to talk about is your muscles contract due to ATP. So ATP drives muscle contraction and ATP needs glycogen, which is a form of carbohydrates in order to contract your muscles, especially, you know, if you're a heavy lifter or, or a runner, you, you need to be providing your body with those, with those glycogen, so, with that glycogen so that it can drive muscle contraction for you. So the other thing too, I want to touch back onto hormones. So I don't know if people actually know what hormones actually are. And I think people are fearful of hormones because they hear things like menopause and stuff like that. And they hear that men's testosterone declines. And so everyone's trying to desperately cling on to testosterone or human growth hormone, fearful of estrogen, fearful of insulin sometimes. And that's not what we need to be at all. We just need to understand what hormones are um, and what they do. And so, you know, just an overall arching definition of a hormone is it, it basically is a, it's a messenger and it's chemically stimulated and that it responds to something and it releases from an organ into the bloodstream to cause an, to another organ to cause a reaction. And so things like adrenaline and cortisol are in the catabolic stage so like that's breaking down again so adrenaline helps um, glycogen in the liver to turn to glucose glucose so that the muscles can easily use it and cortisol fuels your body under stress so like that's what makes you feel like you know all jacked up and that you can go through another rep or like if you're feeling someone chasing you down in that race and you get that one step in that's 
a lot of cortisol and your mind working for you. But again, like if those are all stimulated to help you perform, but again, going back to no rest and overworking, working out seven days a week, that's going to potentially spike your cortisol too high, which could cause muscle degeneration and also you not recovering enough. So your immune system will go down and just burnt out mentality in general. Um, so be careful of that. Then we, again, we have that anabolic phase where we have things like testosterone, the one that everyone loves. So it's like that protein synthesis effect, the human growth hormone I was telling you about, it increases muscle growth and decreases fat and then insulin like growth factor, uh, helps protein synthesis in the bone cartilage and muscle. So those are the things that help repair and keep your body going and get you to that next level. So basically, I just wanted to talk about the prejudices that are with each macronutrients because I've known people to avoid one of the three, all three, two of the three, and then sometimes all together, and then they're just not eating it at all. We shouldn't have a prejudice against any type of these macronutrients and we need to take into account the metabolic demands that it has on the body and how it can help us. And obviously there's always, again, the consideration of how dense and how nutritious it is. Um, so, you know, you, you just want to do your research and think about what that looks like. So for example, after a workout, so before I became really, really fast in college, I would just do a hard workout and then go take a shower and talk around with my friends for, with some football boys. And then I would go to dinner and that 45 minutes had already passed by and then I wasn't very hungry. So like I would just eat like a normal person, which made me lose muscle mass. And I was realizing that I wasn't as fast as the rest of the girls anymore. And I wasn't recovering as quickly as everyone. So I started doing my research and then I, you know, came across physiology and nutrient timing and things like that. And I was like, oh, I need to fuel my body. So I was a part of the the demographic that was just uneducated about what I needed to do to help my body perform. And so I just started, I started out with chocolate milk immediately after I would do a hard workout and it was delicious and tasty and it was helping me. Like I, I it increased my metabolism. So I was eating more and of course of the, um, of the nutrient dense stuff and I was getting faster and then I was doing even harder stuff. So I started to get a little bit more creative. So I still use this certain shake today. And is it for everybody? Maybe, maybe not. But it has the right concept, right? It has a, the science behind it. So again, all three macronutrients, so protein, carbs, and fat. So in my shake that I always do now is chocolate almond milk. And then I put either almond butter, peanut butter, whatever I have that time, some collagen protein powder, and then I'll put some spinach and some berries. Some So I get that vitamin C and E, antioxidants, in there with that spinach, I'll put cinnamon, some peppermint oil, some coconut oil in there, and then I just blend it all together. And oh, also some cocoa powder because I'm a chocolate freak. You don't have to do that, but I mean, I am saying it's just good because that has iron and magnesium in it, which is um, good for your muscles, especially women, because you know, due to our, our cycle, we need more iron and 
just magnesium in general relaxes your muscles and it's also help it helps calm you so that's pretty much what I put in my uh, recovery smoothie and it's delicious and it's worked and I recover and I hardly get sick doing stuff like that so again like that's just my own concoction you can use different things and you can see like what vitamin c and e's you like for your body what type of carb do you like for your body what type of fat do you like for your body and so forth so um the other thing i want to point out is a lot of people are like oh my gosh you drink chocolate almond milk that has so much sugar in it and they're like i thought sugar was bad for you and my my uh answer to that question is is an overload of sugar is bad for you. If everything you eat has sugar and then you eat not nutrient dense food that has a shit ton of sugar, like pop tarts, like that's, that is not going to help your body, right? Cause like there's no nutrients in there. It's just pure sugar, but, um, chocolate almond milk, you know, I don't know if that's really like the best choice for everybody, but, um, it, it doesn't make me fart because regular make, milk makes me fart. Okay. So not going to do that. And then the sugar in this is after a workout, like I need that, like it's extra fuel for my body that it can use to repair itself. So, um, I, I don't think all sugar is bad for you. And in fact, I think it's helpful, especially after a workout. And the problem that sometimes can occur is that people will use working out to eat whatever they want. And that's just plain gluttonous. Like you need to be, you need to think about balance and how to do things right because if you're just working out to eat like what is your core value like eating is an essential part of life right but that shouldn't be what you absolutely live for it should be like maybe the family time that you get with that meal or something like that something deeper and greater and working out isn't your excuse to eat it's it's a means to an end um that that furthers your longevity of life so you know, you don't want to go eat like a whole cake or um, McFlurry or something. You can have those things like in, in moderation. I, I love brownies and stuff like that. But, you know, like that's not going to be something that I, I work out for. Like that's not why I work out. I work out because I want to feel strong and I want to compete in races and I I don't like to be sedentary. So, again, think about those core values because why you do what you do is very important and it should always produce an impact that ripple effects rather than just goes straight back into you. So um, I think that it's really important to teach your kids this too. I, I My dad used to get me cherry juice after soccer games and I wish I had remembered that. Like I kind of forgot about that in college until I started doing my own research and finding my, my chocolate shake to help me out. But he did. Like he taught me at a young age that cherry juice was helpful and helps with sore muscles and things like that. So it's important that you you help your kids recover because, I mean, think about it, guys. Like my joints, and I'm not even 30 yet, they hurt. And I, it's just because I've used them so much. And, you know, when I work out, I work out hard. And when I rest, I rest hard. But my, my tendons and my joints definitely aren't like the same as they were when I was 16 through 20. And so maybe you can help your kids understand that fact of like they're going to recover faster. They're going to get sick less and hopefully like longevity wise, like they can maybe last longer and do what they love for a longer amount of time. So the other thing that's important to realize is, you know, let's just say that you're injured, which I have been multiple times in my life and I know it's really annoying. Um, that's where people especially need to be careful because if they're not working out, then they take it out on food and 
not everybody, but a lot of people that I work with and including myself. Like I was like, well, I'm not working out, so I shouldn't eat as much. And that's true to an extent, right? Like, so if you work out and you, if you're, you're, if you're a runner and you go run 10 miles, you need to, um, replenish those calories with food rather than like, versus if you just, you know, went for a 10 minute walk, there's a difference in caloric intake because there's a difference in caloric output, right? So of course that's going to look different for both parties, but both parties need to consume just enough to sustain the lifestyle that they're living. And so if you're hurt right now and you're still cross training, you need to be making sure that you're eating appropriately and fueling those those muscles or those tendons or those ligaments that might be injured right now so that you can get back in the game. Don't take it out on eating. That's not the right thing to do. And you can still move, um, do it, do the best you can and really focus on getting those muscles and or whatever's injured healed up. And again, like that's where a dietitian could really be your best partner is like helping you understand what that could look like if you don't know how to regulate that yourself. Um, when I injured my um, Achilles, actually someone stepped on it, and so that made it injured. So I guess I didn't really injure my Achilles. Someone else did. Um, and I couldn't run. I couldn't walk. I couldn't bike or swim because it hurt so badly. Like, it was it was challenging for me to kind of understand and figure that out myself. But honestly, like, when I, I, just, I just ate like a regular human, and I didn't really change all that much that I had done before with the exception of, you know, like I, I didn't eat, like when I was working out and running all the time and trying to make it to the Olympic trials, which I didn't go just so you know, but I was trying to like, that was, you know, sometimes two a days and running really long miles, I would eat double what a normal person was doing. So I just, I kept my same food. Like I still had my chocolate shakes after I went for a walk. Cause that's what my body was used to. And I loved it. And that was like my workout for the day. Um, I just like, didn't I did half of what I did before and I still ate pasta and things like that but you know it's just at a at the same level that I was working out on so you don't have to punish yourself and become a prisoner of war is what I'm trying to say um and it actually helped me recover faster than I would have if I wasn't doing that and um it's just it's always a confidence check right? Like no one ever always has it figured out. You just have to keep talking to yourself, keep researching, keep experimenting and not give up. Uh, one of my friends sent me a quote the other day that I really, really love. Um, my friend Annalise sent me a, hold on, let me, let me find it. Okay. So Annalise sent me this quote and it says in here that, hold on, I use, I'm horrible with technology. Oh, okay. I found it. It says, I threw in the towel, God threw it back and said, wipe your face, you're almost there. And I love that quote. I think it's so cool. Even if you don't believe in God, you, you get the com- concept that it's trying to say. And it's so easy when you're injured to want to throw in the towel and be like, screw it, it's over, this is dumb, like I'm wasting my time. Or you, know, or you could try to be not smart about it and try to force your way back and like work out as hard as you can, which would just injure you further or ignore it, which would, again, injure you further, so it's smart to back off. So it's easy to throw in the towel and, like, do what would, quote-unquote, be the easy thing to do. The hardest thing to do is slow down and just keep being a normal human, one, keep being a kind human, and then not giving up. You might not be able to get back to the same level that you were, but at least you can get back to doing something, and that's exactly what happened to me. I will 
probably never get back to that elite running level that I was at. And, you know, that was hard for me, but I was seeking victory through it. And I was not about to let it fucking tear me down. And so while I was struggling, I kept getting up every single day, didn't throw in the towel and I wiped my face off and I ended up finding some really cool stuff that I wouldn't have found if I didn't get hurt. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure everyone kind of got an idea of fueling and how it's all about timing and that all three macronutrients are important. Your hormones are super important to pay attention to. Experimentation is important and you have a tribe. There's dietitians, endocrinologists out there, physicians, you know, friends, listen to these people and see what they have to say. And like I said, try it out and pay attention to your body and how it responds. And if it responds great, keep doing it. If it does not, then you need to go back to the drawing board. All right, guys. I love you. I'm out.